You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! Unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Featuring site publishers Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQuistian, along with videographer Eddie Radosevich. It's the Unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com. All right, welcome back. It is another edition of the Unofficial 40. Right here on Soonerscoop.com, as we took last week off because uh, we were all in Atlanta covering the uh, five-star challenge, the Rivals five-star challenge, uh, as the opening has been going on uh, early this week. But, uh, man, a lot of stuff happened from the time we left uh, to the time we returned. Eddie Radosevich spent his Saturday night partying with Paul George. And Russell Westbrook. No big deal. Did you actually interact with either one of them at all? Yeah, I gave PG a uh, high five. Like a, That's about it. In a crowd <laughs> among uh, other a lot of other people? No, or? I was... Like right next to him, I was like, "This is awesome! Congrats!" He said, "Thank you." That's impressive. And then I went back and got more liqueur. Heard the shrimp was pretty good. I didn't have any of the shrimp. You're not a seafood I had the, guy. Though. I had the cheeseburger. They had these little cheeseburgers that were amazing. They had these tacos that were pretty amazing. The house wasn't trashed or anything after it was over with. Uh, no, most people. Everybody was outside, so it was. Uh, I mean, I guess it could have been. I I didn't spend too much time inside. I walked straight through. Realized that the bar was too crowded in there and went out back. Steakhouse? The what? Nothing. Uh, okay. Uh, Bob Persbella joins us as well. Eddie Radosa, or Eddie Radosa, Josh McQuistion. Man, it's been a long week for me. Uh, Josh McQuistion is here as well. He is back from Atlanta, even though I can't, I can't make fun of you, Josh, because I left my damn phone charger in the hotel room, but Josh left his laptop charger. At least he's going to get it back, though. Apparently, yeah. You know, we've we've connected uh, Woody Womack coming through in the clutch on that uh, for me. But uh, but yeah, I am. And guys, I, I guess am I alone in this? Do you guys have like I, Carrie? I know you do. I'm just sure you do. Uh, at Bob, Eddie, do you guys have backup power cords for your for no. your computers? Nope, I don't. I might have one that's laying around. Eddie does things to me. Yeah, Carrie might okay. give me another one. Okay. But I did I it when do, I just we had do, it. It never do. occurred to me to have one. I just yeah, we do backup power supplies. In this. I've ever left it. Yeah, we do backup power supplies over here. I didn't have one when I just had a Mac, though. I think I just Eddie's had, had one. so many different computers. We have several power supplies. We have like a whole shop. We could rebuild a computer out of his past computers. If you remember, the first game I was with you guys was the OU West Virginia game, and I left mine in the stadium. Carl Anderson had to come with me and get it Monday but you morning. Working for us. I just want to make that clear. I did learn this about Bob. I just don't want to, you know, people to think we hire idiots. Uh, 
I will say this. Uh, Bob Prisbillo has... We, we found his calling in this company. He is totally OCD about making sure flights are checked in. Gotta get my window seat. Because I, like, wait for the alert to say, hey, check-in is now available. Bob says, that. It's 24 hours. Exactly. And, and he goes and completely books, because he and Eddie were booked together. And like I did, I, I my notification came up. I got like B seventeen. I thought I was, I thought I was great. And I said, Bob, what'd you get? And he's like A twenty. Oh, we were in the forties, I think. Yeah. The real psychos are the ones that are like A one. Like, how do you get that? Is A one the most? You pay. You pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. You pay. You pay and you pay early. So like yeah, you get that they, flight. They pay for a more expensive ticket. Uh, right. Just to get yeah, on the plane it's early. Fifteen bucks. Per person to get on the plane early. Just I'm not get, paying ninety dollars for three of us make to fly sense. back and forth. That doesn't make sense why somebody would do that. I know you're going to get on the plane. You're going to get a window seat as long as you're just not a chub. Yeah, as long as you get in like the forties or even the sixties, you're fine. And A's, yeah. Really, B. The real 20. psychos are the ones that don't want to sit on the window. Like they get a twenty or whatever, and then you find them they're like on the aisle. I want the middle seat on row seven. Do, do you guys know you the people that are killers? <laughs> the people that prefer row to window. They're yeah. homicidal. There, there's no way. I, I don't know. Like There are people out there that prefer the row. If Eddie is on the window, I'll take the row. You can take the row because you can get out quicker. Yeah. The, you got to go to the restroom. The By the way, the, the guy, the, I wanted to kick a guy's ass this week because you know those guys that they sneak up and they try they don't they they think that they can just dart past everybody yes. without waiting. Yes. I hate those sons of bitches. That's a guy on the row. And there was a guy that did that and I blocked him. Here? And I, or coming here? It was from Atlanta to Dallas. So on the plane that we were yes. on together? Yes. I even noticed. Yeah, oh, it was a guy in a something. orange shirt. I did say I I said something to you out. You were running but you let people go. You just you broke the whole system. Uh, because I had to get my bag. Because you have a huge bag. Which, yeah, I had two bags. And why the Atlanta security? Security. Is, <laughs> my God, I thought I was gonna. I thought they were gonna ask me to show you know my scrotum. That was in order to get on the plane. That would have been awkward. That I'm, was. I'm TSA pre. I don't know what that. I don't know what you guys have to deal with. It's it's got to be tough. The TSA pre was a longer line than yeah, it was, it than was regular. That was some. That was some shit. It was a long line when I went too. It was way worse. But you just roll up and they're like whatever you know throw your knives in that bin it'll be fine we ran into a guy that needed to be reminded that he works at an airport <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's also a guy that can throw you in a room and make you miss your flight yeah that's true i get really he nervous was the, he was the I reason get really everything nervous. was so backed up i get really nervous in those situations because i know eddie's a little bit of a hothead he was too and and he was being a dick to me too he made me take every single thing out of my camera bag body multiple lenses anything that was electronic like i've never seen that before but eddie he he kept telling eddie his bag was too big and eddie was like step up bitch i mean like i was like I, i've flown with this bag a thousand times I know. and i've never, never had this problem big. yeah see we know i'm not a hothead but i would be with eddie i have real problems with authority like real like tiffany is constantly like be nice to the police officer your dog well, I don't have. A, I, it wasn't as much of like a, a problem with uh, the authority as much as he was just wrong. Because Eddie gets bomb sniffed every time too. He like, goes yeah, through. like I, I know the, I know the, 
the the like, sh- without the shtick fail that you have to go through without fail. He gets bomb searched. It's because of all the wires in in the bag for yeah. the camera and stuff. But and plus, you have a metal case. Yeah, probably wasn't the smartest thing for me to buy you that. Well, thanks a lot, Bin Laden. <laughs> So anyway, the reason that we, I, I got to say, Southwest, I know people get online and go on Twitter and, and beef about, you know, Southwest was a great airline to fly on. I, and I still haven't had ever had like a massive meltdown at the airport as far as like your attitude. No, like being delayed, being kicked oh. off of a plane because it had to get diverted or whatever. Like You always hear those horror stories. Still hasn't happened to me. Mine are always work related. Carrie, we had the thing years ago in Memphis, and we yeah, had to drive oh, we from had Memphis a thing. to Oklahoma City. Oh, we had to drive. Hey, let's hey, let's remind I everybody what this drive. went. You let's remind to. everyone how this went. So we're in Memphis. It's our connecting flight. We're coming back from Nashville, or what the? F- how do we get? God, I'm the cusser today. How did we no, that's get? That's what it was. We, we had a connecting flight, and we only had like a 40-minute window to begin with. How do you go from Nashville to Memphis to Oklahoma City? That's like... So anyway, yeah, and the there was the weather was bad. The, the, the flight was late. And literally, we could have made... They were boarding the plane. We were right there. But they canceled our flight regardless, even though we could have made it. And so it was the last flight of the night. And they're like, okay, mattresses are out here. And I was like, I've never heard of this before. Like, you want me to put a mattress on a floor and sleep here and wake up in the morning? We're in Memphis. And we live in Oklahoma City. I was like, f*** that. See, that's the third one. I am not sleeping in this airport. Let's go get a rental car and drive all the way home. And this was midnight or so. I mean, it wasn't that late. But it's eight hours to drive home. And so... We just drove home. Well, I drove home, and Josh slept in the car the whole way. And he woke up, oh, thanks for bringing me home. Uh, you know, I want you to know, like, I don't sleep in moving vehicles, Carrie, so it speaks to my comfort level with you. I trusted you to get me home safely, and I just want you to know, all these years later, there's still that trust. I really appreciate that. I will say this. I don't, I'm not real big on letting other people drive. I think when we went to St. Louis, uh, it was the first time I ever let somebody else drive the rental. To go see Ronnie oh, hey, Perkins see? and Michael And that Johnson. was me for everybody out there listening. So, and by I've the way, can I say I like, drove? Like, I drove in Knoxville. Oh, that's right. I'm, I let, it's any time that I've just hit the wall. That's what. But I also woke up screaming when Eddie was driving my car. We were going to get kicked off. We raining. were going to get there. It was raining. We had to get there, and we were going through the mountains. And Eddie's taking curves at ninety miles an hour in mountains. And I'm like, Eddie, what the hell are you doing? Slow down. The Lex drives well. We were just testing it out. It has summer tires on it. It's not meant for rain and tight curves and mountain ranges. Had we have known, we would have just ran over Jacob Phillips. And by the way, we had to do that because they canceled your flight in Oklahoma. And I was like, screw it. We'll drive. Oh, yeah, that's right. That is right. That's why we drove. We were not going to get there. That was Friday, too, wasn't it? And then you flew back. We, I made sure you kept your flight, so I took you to the airport. You flew back, and then I drove back. Was that fr- was that a Friday? <sighs> that no, we... that game was on it. I mean, it was a Friday when we drove. Yeah. yeah we yeah. drove all night. Okay. Couldn't remember. Or maybe it was a Thursday. No, it was a Friday because it's, it's a Friday. we got there the day of the game. Yeah, okay. the game was Saturday the, yeah, night, and a lot was, of yeah. us went straight from the stadium airport for the 6 a.m. I flight. think we stopped in, like, like, Jackson or something. Not we stopped somewhere and slept for like two hours and then got up and left. 
Yeah, that might be right. No, that's what we did for Jacob Phillips. We yeah. just drove all the way through for uh, we did. Knoxville, okay. yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, so anyway, the purpose of all these stupid travel tangent is that we were at the five-star challenge in Dallas, in in Atlanta. Uh, it, the camp went really, really well, I thought. I mean, here's the thing. Like, the opening is having, like, three days of seven-on-seven. Seven. You don't need all that shit. It's seven-on-seven. Seven. Nobody's going to remember in the history, in the annals of history, who won the opening seven-on-seven. Seven. Get them out there. Watch them throw the ball around. You're done. Boom. Have them run some 40s and some agilities. Boom, you're done. Send them home. Four days at this shit is way too much. Yeah. That's Plus, what I've at been Rivals, saying we for, have a media day. So you actually get to hear from kids. Now, the thing with, with four days, you just those kids will lose their competitive fire eventually. You even see that at a one-day event where they've done what they wanted to, not like, okay, I'm just going to chill out, relax. You're definitely going to see that either today or definitely tomorrow. Plus, you got to take care of all the idiots, because trust me, not all these kids are angels. There are plenty of idiots at these. There were idiots in Atlanta. There'll be idiots in Dallas. I mean, what people don't realize is you have to post security at these things to keep kids from sneaking off. Yeah, I got got back one night, and we were staying on a floor with a bunch of players, and it was pretty late in the in the morning when I walked in and there was a guy like sitting at the end of the thing. I was like, Oh, what's up, man? What's up, cop? You a cop? Getting getting in. No, he's a security guard. He was securitas. Yeah, when you're going to these cop. locations, it's a lot harder <laughs> than going Beaverton. I don't know what, what you could have done. Yeah, there. you can't really get in a lot of trouble there. If you're in Frisco, there's a lot of stuff to get in trouble did, with. Did you guys hear in Atlanta that one of the kids got caught trying to uh, take an Uber? Yes, I did hear that. Yes, yeah. heard that. So you know, we won't out anybody, but More I mean, power to that, well, like, I, was... I think that's the thing fans don't think about. Like these guys are still kids that are off on their own for the pro- you know one of the few times in their young lives, so they do crazy shit all the if time. If somebody flew me free to Atlanta, I would want to go to whatever strip clubs it is that Lil Wayne's been singing about and all of his stuff over the years. Ooh, do you think, like Uber should like, under? have a? Go ahead. Just a little eighteen and under. Strip club? Oh, you don't. Th- I bet they don't card. I mean, if you're a football player, you look. Yeah, shit. Some of those guys 18. probably look older than I do. <laughs> Most of them. No, but you know, there's some, there's some club or something there, or maybe there's somebody performing that they wanted to go see. Yeah, it's a little bit harder on a weekday, I guess, than a weekend. But same difference. It's trouble. So anyway, yeah, four days is a lot to spend. Uh, let's just uh, let's just talk about Atlanta. Kind of what we saw. Of course, everybody saw wide receiver MVP was Trajan Bridges. Uh, Theo Weiss had a really interesting day uh, in Atlanta, and uh, I guess uh, Josh, feel free to kind of just start off with your thoughts on on what you took out of Atlanta. Well, you know the thing that kills me is everything about my travel, you know, we've talked enough about travel, but it all went really well except for the fact that I pretty much missed everything that made Trajan Bridges' weekend good. Uh, when I left, I thought, well, okay, you know, he just, and it, it wasn't like he'd had a bad day. There were just things, kind of like when Bob and I were at Nike in Dallas, that I just didn't get to see him do things because re- quarterbacks were missing him or you had a few cases where corners had grabbed him. You know, it would have been a pass interference in any game in the world. You know, there was stuff like that that was happening. And you were just like, man, 
And then as soon as I leave, I start hearing from you guys that he just had an unbelievable evening and, you know, they didn't end up winning the championship. When I left, his team looked awful. And, you know, you so it just – that stuff can get frustrating sometimes with me just having to leave to get to the airport. But with, you know, kind of beyond that, I mean, the thing that sticks out to me is I'm not sure – even though Theo Weiss literally went head-to-head with Derek Stingley, the, you know, for those that don't know, the number one player in the Rivals 100. Yeah, just not uh, the, the number one, one number corner one in the corner, country. Number one overall Theo player, yeah. beat him over and over and over again. I, I saw them go head-to-head at least five times, and I know Theo got him four or five. And the fifth one was just a, was a drop that Theo was like, I, you know, he was there. It was great coverage, but I should have made the play. And... What, I, even with those, you know, those two matched up the top, the top one-on-one matchup you could find according to our rankings, and it just didn't seem like it was getting the credit it was due. I, you know, and I hate to kind of chime in with OU fans there, but there was such a like. I left the morning session. I kept hearing, "Oh, Jaden Hazelwood looks great," and he did. Jaden Hazel was a great player. Don't don't misunderstand me, but it was just weird to me that Theo Weiss was not almost instantly part of the number one player in the country conversation. Like, is he the best guy here? You know, I, it felt like that should have been happening. Well, and that's, and that's partly because you you had to leave to get to your flight and what you didn't really see. Like, I watched it from the beginning. Like, I know you guys were kind of over there watching uh, probably Bryce Young a little bit because he was going against Trajan Bridges' team. I was over there watching Theo Weiss's team, who mainly had, you know, some DBs that we were looking at. There were some young linebackers. Uh, and one of those wasn't even Justin Flo, but uh, you know he was going up against Theo was going up against the Elias uh, uh, Rick's, Rick's kids, um, and it's not that he was locking him down, but like I can't I don't know if Helsinki was his quarterback, uh, but nobody was looking in Theo's direction, so like he could have run slants all he wanted on Rick's and been wide open every time. But nobody was throwing the ball until like they needed to get an extra point or something like that, and you could tell it just got more and more frustrating with him. And I think he wanted to move into the slot because he was playing on the outside and nobody was looking to the outside. Um, and, and then eventually something happened. And I saw him come out of the huddle, and he's like, "Oh, you don't want me on the inside?" And then he, I guess, he just decided he was going to switch to defense. So he started kind of goofing off, and I think. People that watched that said, "Okay, he's not really into this anymore." Like, you know, not that he insulted anybody, but it just was an awkward look. It, it was, no. but you know, it was almost like he set he did what he set out to do during the first session. Yeah, you know, he wanted to prove himself against Sting, uh, against Stingley. He even mentioned that when I talked to him after that, he was very pumped up about that one-on-one matchup. But I think he probably got a little discouraged. Ball wasn't coming his way. And I'm sure some of these kids said, I want to save myself for Frisco, too. Yeah. I want to make sure I got something left in the tank when uh, when I get there. And he did, for that last hour, just played corner, basically. And it's not like he was playing a great corner. I mean, he was just he was just mimicking the receivers that were... You could tell he hadn't played a whole lot of corner. Uh, you know, he was really far off the ball. I mean, if they would have... There were some tackles that he probably didn't make that they gave him credit for in open field. And you you mentioned him going from outside the slot. Trajan Bridges did the same thing because when he was on, and the, that's what got him going. He on the outside, he didn't get looked at. Yeah. When he moved into the slot, all of a sudden he became the number one target over and over. So there's something about that position for this event where it just seemed like quarterbacks were. It's almost like quarter, yeah, it. It's almost like quarterbacks. 
they trust throwing it into the middle of the field because they can see everybody. When they're throwing it to the outside, it's like they're always worried about somebody that might be coming out that they can't really see or something like that. I, I don't know if that's what you know if that's part of it, but yeah, it's just those guys that are way on the outside. Unless you're going to throw a jump ball to them, they really don't get that involved in seven on seven. It's a camp. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, granted, it's stupid, it's, but we have to talk well, we about have to, it. exactly. <laughs> It's. I hate the seven-on-seven seven stuff. It's my least favorite part of these camps. I mean, I much prefer to watch the drill work. I much prefer to watch one-on-ones. Because at least one-on-ones, you know the guy that you're watching is going to have the ball thrown at him. And, and then what you start to see, too, is that uh, Bo Nix especially start to grow a chemistry with Bridges, start to really un, uh, understand what he does so well. Yeah. And they start to really work that. And there were even defenders calling out, what Trajan was doing. That was one of my favorite parts. He's either going to do a slant or he's going to do a slant and then go to outside. And they still couldn't stop it. Uh, I I was confused. You guys tell me what you think. I guess it's because it's the first time I'd seen him. So phys- his physical stature, his arm strength, maybe not what I thought it was going to be. And I'm talking about Bryce Young. But, like, you read all these reports and the other players and stuff, and they're like, oh, Bryce Young was one of my favorite players at camp. So, am I just, did I just see it wrong? Or did, did because I'll be honest, I didn't sit there and follow Bryce Young and all of his reps in seven on seven work. But just off the hoof, I just kind of thought, eh, looks, he, look, he looks okay. He was someone that took time to get settled in. His first two seven on seven games looked like a train wreck where he couldn't lead them to any type of score, and then Grant Gannell would come in, and then the blue team would actually score. But, yeah, I mean, by by the end of the day, I mean, we saw all those guys talk about how much fun it was to play with him, and maybe that's part of it too, just the chemistry that he built up with those guys, his personality. Maybe that spoke louder than what he actually did in terms of mechanics and things of that nature. But you're right, like, Gannell just dwarfed him. Like, is, 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 is height-wise, I mean... Like Bryce Young really is one of those guys. Like you're gonna, he's if he becomes a really good player, people are gonna be like, oh, he's probably not six foot. He just kind of has that. He doesn't have that overwhelming size. How pissed did Bryce have to be that he got teamed with Grant? Because like it only <laughs> accentuates the issue. Yeah, like he couldn't have got Grant's stuck with you know, I say Helsinki and Grant were probably Helsinki yeah. carry, not Helsinki. Helsinki. <laughs> I guess you know. Oh, I the, thought you were doing that the on whole, earlier, so I let the that whole fly. thing about his brother is so traumatizing to me. Like, I almost don't want to pronounce his last name. I think that's what it is, Helinski. Yeah. So you just make a joke of his last name? No, <laughs> shut up, <laughs> shut up. I'm not doing that. Eddie, start telling your 9/11 joke series. Save me. No, of, okay, I'm just kidding. Out of character. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would never do that. <sighs> So, Helensky. Yeah, I don't know why. Anyway. It was a good story, though, if anybody wants to read it in Sports <laughs> Illustrated. Oh, the, the yeah. Tyler. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. I mean, that's just a horrible deal. a super deal. good family. Like, we, Bob and I know them from back when the oldest brother of the group Kelly. was, yeah, was dying to be an OU quarterback and 20, you know, came and camp yeah. for a year. 2013 and, class. God, that seems does it seem a lot longer ago than that to you, Bob? Like I feel like that should be like twenty ten or something. <laughs> he wanted that feels it. Feels like ever ago. Braden Scott wanted it, and then Cody uh, Cody Thomas was the guy. 
Yeah, there was a lot of people that came through camp that year trying to trying to get that. And the hold on. Who did they lose out? Who 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 was the initial was it was Max Brown, was yeah. it? It was Max Brown. For twenty thirteen, yeah. Wow. Scrub. Man, he's terrible. I mean, even at Pitt he's terrible. Well, he's gone now. He was terrible. <laughs> now he's not no, terrible. No, he's still anywhere. terrible. <laughs> He's not as long as he's alive. He's still terrible. So, uh, so but anyway, uh, Josh, what did you think about what you saw about Bryce Young? You know, I liked some of the pieces. Like, there's some accuracy there. I liked some of that. It's always a little scary when you get into a kid at his age that I know has worked with a quarterbacks coach forever, and you see some mechanical issues that are. I mean, that are not just, you know about like release point and some of those things that, I mean, some guys can just overcome those and they don't matter. But when you have a long kind of slow release, that's that. And that, he drops way down timing based offense. That's scary. He drops and, way down when he throws it. Yep. It's almost like, it's not like a, it's like a three quarters delivery in baseball, which if you're as tall as he is, you need to be up on your toes throwing that thing. Yeah, you, you're like elbow needs to brush your ear as it as it leaves your hand. You know, what I mean, that's it's that you need every inch you can get, and he just doesn't take it. And is it a make or break deal? No, I mean, obviously Bryce Young. You can go look at the tape; he's a really good football player. But there are things he didn't wow me. I thought he was going to be one of those guys, and they'd stick him in the seven on seven setting, and he would just blow up, and he'd just be unbelievable. Might be the best quarterback there. And I didn't see that at all. I mean, I, I'm not a big Grant Gannell fan. And like Bob said, Grant, for the large portion of that camp, outplayed him. Well, and so, I think you also have to point out the kids a year younger than everybody else. Sure. Sometimes kids get intimidated in that. I mean, I th- I'm trying to think of guys uh, in that setting before. I mean, I remember being underwhelmed the first time I ever saw Leonard Fournette. And he was the very first Rivals Challenge at Atlanta. And thinking, oh, this is the next Adrian Peterson? I don't see it. But then the next year when he came back, uh, he looked like a much more confident player. And it's I was a, like, even though I wasn't just completely blown away, I still didn't think he was Adrian Peterson. I thought he was a much better player. I mean, he was different. He, I mean, yeah. he's, a, he's a junior going into high school. Yeah. And to Eddie's point above, when Leonard was a young guy at that camp in Atlanta, he still looked like he could be all of our fathers. Like he was, oh, he was he's been old dude, since yeah. he was like 12. Yeah. And I think Zach Evans could be that guy next year. Oh, he looked good. He's a monster. Yeah, just he, a monster. The, the cleats kind of tripped him up in the cat, cat and mouse, and then Justin Flo took him down, so he missed the second part of the day. But he's someone that if he shows up again next year, I think we'll be talking the same way, that he was just night night and day different. Who do we talk o- to? OU fans, just, we'll just get this in real quick, because I don't know how involved OU's going to be with Justin Flo. He is the guy that you absolutely love if he is on your team, because that kid has a motor that will not stop. He wants to win every rep. Hell, I saw him racing guys in drills. Like, I mean, like, he, he's just wired that way. But if you play against him, like, say he went to Texas, OU fans would hate him forever. I mean, he, he is. He was taking cheap shots at kids. Like <laughs> it was the most awesome thing of all time. He's doing the same thing at the opening because he kind of broke out with a video this morning about doing the same exact type of thing, about being way too physical in a non-physical setting. So awesome. He's one of my favorite players. If there were flags in one-on-one, his tackle on Zach Evans would have been, I mean, 
I'm watching soccer right now. That's a red card. Like he, he's he's done for the day. Well, though no, like, that it, was the it, thing. It was, people were some people were upset because he, it felt like he directly attributed to Zach Evans getting hurt. Which oh, I don't think there's any question. I mean, didn't he he hurt Zach Evans? How about that? Yeah, I mean, like that's I said, what, when I say he's a shithead, I don't mean like he's a he's a bad kid. I just mean he's no. that he's that uh, Jason Sutherland. I mean, like the old Missouri guard. Uh, I was going to say way, way back in time with that one. <laughs> okay, I'm old. All right. No, no, uh, Jason Sutherland and Derek Graham. Derek I hated Grimm, both of those yeah. dudes. I know exactly who you're talking about. No, but they, he's that irritant. I mean, he's the he's the guy that, like Eddie said, if, if he's playing at Texas, you're going to hate his guts. He's the guy that. But he's uh, also a guy. I mean, he's kind of like Travis Lewis. I'd almost his attitude's kind of that same thing. It's kind of cocky and kind of, uh, you know, kind of like I don't care what you think. I'm going to go out here and play really well and. But he's he, his body shape is more like Curtis Lofton, though. He's got he's kind of got that, as Brent Venables would call it, the juicy booty. He's thick. Two C's. The, the perfect one that C's. is relevant today, he's Patrick freaking Beverly. Yeah? Okay. Except yeah. super, super okay. talented. Like, Justin yeah, Flo, I mean, go. Justin Flo could be awesome without being that intense. Like, he, he's, I mean, he was running downfield with Zach Evans and some coverage stuff, and Zach Evans is a legit 4-4 elite out you know elite athlete at running back and Flo is covering him down the field like no linebacker has any business doing so I mean it's as Eddie said he is just finishing it up as a sophomore by the time he gets to college I fully expect Justin Flo neck tattoo that'd be sweet Matt Barnes Mm -hmm. right there with him Mm -hmm. probably needs to Mm -hmm. add it he needs to get an arrest too no, how about not that? Well, he's not coming to a lot of. He's not going to Stanford if that's the case. Or that kid's not going to Stanford. <laughs> Would you wow. love to see a guy like that at Stanford, though? I mean, yes. if he's going to go anywhere, let some guy, super cocky, irritant guy, go to Stanford. Like that would be awesome if he, you knew he was smart enough. Like Richard Sherman wasn't Richard Sherman when he was at Stanford. Well, think about the guy who took the shot on Adrian Taylor. I'm sorry, you just went you went nuclear on us. Think about what now? The think about the guy that took out Adrian Taylor. Let's not act like Stanford's not afraid to play some football. Oh yeah, nasty. yeah. We could probably ask Gerald McCoy. Yeah, about but they're that. also represented by one of the softest humans in the entire world. Not David Shaw, Bryce Petty, or not Bryce Petty. Uh, God, what? I just David had a complete... Shaw. You were talking about Andrew Luck? No, the the running back, Bryce Love. Bryce, Bryce, Love. Bryce Love. Okay, yeah, he's a little soft. A little soft? He missed like three series because he was bleeding on his finger last year. Yeah, that's true. He also played through the bowl, like basically with one ankle. Well, wasn't very good. He's only tough enough to to have just the ankle. When you add fingers to it, he calls it a day. Stanford's the only school outside of USC in the Pac-12 that acts like they care about football. I love watching Stanford play football. I... All they want to do is just beat the crap out of you. I think uh, Cal could care ball. if they're good. Cal? Yeah. I don't know. They got too much weird shit going on in their campus. People living in trees and stuff. Yeah, but they also had the guts. I, I'm speaking in Eddie language. They also had the guts to Marshawn. bring in Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, they have that gives them a lot of street cred. Because you know he didn't pass anything. Except doobies <laughs> well it is legal there 
Yeah, that's true. UCLA. I guess Washington's not bad. I'd probably check By out the way, Washington. Uh, so, so medical marijuana was legalized while we were in Atlanta. Congratulations to everybody. Do we feel that that helps recruiting for for, for uh, easy on the Baptist? Do we feel it was that a that, bad day for him? Do we feel that that is a, a recruiting boost to uh, Mike Gundy and Lincoln Riley? Probably not, because it you have you still have to get a medical card. You think that's well, and you're still hard. subject to NCAA rules. It's not just yeah. because it's legal for them. That, oh, like, like if you they think test that negative, you don't you don't okay. think that people are smoking? They just you know I'm gonna grow their twelve pounds. Yeah, in their dorm room. Well, yeah, I mean, that's every, I don't great. know what you guys did in college, but that was happening on my watch anyway. So what do you think I've already started doing with my backyard? Oh, Harvesting. I mean, guys, I don't know what you and I would. Bob, you and Carrie went home that uh, early on. What was that Wednesday night? I mean. I don't know what you and Eddie thought we were doing while we were celebrating, but I mean, you know, we were excited about it. Seven eighty eight. So we're smoking spliffs. <laughs> Got your jewel ready. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it'll be. Uh, it will. It will be kind no, of interesting. I'm I wonder. A stupid question. I wonder if I they. Really uh, I wonder if they will like have to talk about that though with like families when they come in. I wonder if that will ever be brought up. Probably not. I guarantee. I don't know. As long, sure. as, if, as long as it's medic, only medically, I don't know. That's a good question. Like, if you're going to Colorado where it's just legal recreationally. Yeah. Well, that's I definitely think you have to have that talk. Shit, there's more states, almost more states than not, that have some type of medical or free. Not free, but open. God, I mean, think about how many college students are just growing in their dorms all over the country, man. I know. It's just wild. Makes me sick. Makes me sick. I lose <laughs> sleep over it at night. Because you couldn't do that when you were in college. Uh, I didn't say I couldn't. It, it just <laughs> it was. It just makes me sick thinking about it. I mean, these kids growing up. Oh, how they're going to ruin their lives? Yeah, they're just straight down the. Listen, I, it would have. There were a lot of not a lot of, but there were a couple football players I knew in school that they made a living doing that. So you know, it it works out both ways. Cute. <laughs> Um. Okay, so defensively, I you know we got to see Jordan Clark. Um, got to see his dad was there. His dad was there. I noticed his dad way before I noticed him. And uh, the Gant kid was in the interest. Had an interesting camp. Uh, kind of got sat down during one on ones for punching somebody in the face off the line. And I mean, I'm just trying to think of you know guys that uh, who really stood out to you guys defensively at camp. Bob, we'll start with you. Elias Ricks, the 2020. Yeah, you know, I, he picked I up the the DB MVP. Yeah, he didn't look like a 2020 kid when you saw him. Really up. long kid. Too. Yes, very long. Yeah, I mean, I know. Oh, you doing great with Darian Green Warren, and hopefully DGW can try to work some magic with with Ricks because I don't think OU's right there, like in his top list at this point. Uh, kid from Arizona is extremely athletic. Oh yeah, the the Keely Ringo, Keely Ringo, awesome name. Guy fast as shit. I mean, yeah, that God. that's a five star waiting to happen. Like that that guy. When I mean Eddie and I saw him at check in, and I was like, Eddie, that's a twenty twenty corner, and I don't think Eddie like processed it at first. I was like, No, no, that's a corner. He looks like a linebacker. For people at home that you know can't visualize it, 
he looks like a 2020 outside linebacker. He's every bit of six foot one and a half. If not an outside pounds, receiver. I mean, and he's in his first year at corner because he told me he just made that move when he transferred from Washington to Arizona. So just to put it in perspective, he reminded me a little bit. I don't hate to bring up a, a name that will cause commotion on the corner, but he reminded me a little bit of Will Sunderland after his first year in Norman. Like that's how big the kid is. Yeah. Yep. Maybe a little bit shorter, but the same type of frame. Was he running six two? Yeah, Will, yeah. Will. Yeah. No yeah. Ringo. Oh no, I think he's probably a little bit shorter than six two. Yeah, six one. Not quite. Change, I would think he was a little taller than me. Um. But yeah, I mean, he ran the fastest individual time in the forties, and those were, you know, it's those funny were the how those, laser uh, time. You know, it was a four. It was a legit four five six. It's funny how those uh, nobody those was 40 times. four fours or four threes right. on that track. <laughs> Go up a little bit. What I loved is the few guys that tried to jump in at the end because they saw all these kids running four or six. Were like, well, hell, I'm faster than that. And then they, and then one and kid ran a five kid, nine like, or a four uh, nine. Like, I mean, oh, oh. And then one of them again, we'll leave his na- we'll, leave him unnamed. Was we'll like, leave him out. yeah, I'm not running the second one. We're like, <laughs> yeah, I bet you're not. Going back to uh, Ringo Spencer Rattler, working on him hard. Yeah, you talked to him about I, his relationship with Spencer. I did. Rattler. So it's all Rattler at. The moment when you talk to him, you can cl- see right now he has no clue where where he wants to go, where he wants to visit. He has like no schedule. It just sort of hey, I can get out to this place on this date because he has no clue when he'll make his next visit anywhere. Uh, I I didn't I I'll be honest I didn't get to see a whole lot of uh offensive line defensive line while we were there. Um, I don't know how many of you guys saw or if anything stood out. I mean Wilkins. I know Bob got to see a little bit of him, and he held his own. I didn't get to see much of Marcus Stripling uh, or Prince Dorba uh, while we were there. I don't know if anybody else kind of caught any of that. I saw Prince Dorba. I, I think he's a really good player, obviously, but I kind of like him. I'd circle him uh, as a guy that was was decent. I want to see him. Stripling at, didn't take a lot of reps, so he was right. kind of hard to watch. He, but when I did see him, he was good. He just didn't go a lot. I kept waiting, waiting as I'm, I'm done waiting. I'm going to move something else. But when you go back to uh, Dorba, I'd like to see a more outside backer. I think that's more the the role that he he would play if he went to Norman. Yes, they say that's what I've been told is that he's definitely more of a, I guess you'd say a more of a Mike Soup's target than a Calvin Thibodeau target yep. to kind of yeah. put it into plain speak. Um, Stacy Wilkins, you know, and, and you guys, Bob, specifically you, cause you've been with me every time I've seen him, you know, you were at Under Armour, uh, excuse me, the, the Adidas Dallas, you were at Nike Dallas, then you were this with me. I, he gets better every time I see him. Like uh, uh, he really, there is just a massive amount of potential on that guy and watching him go against some really elite national guys, several of those kids, man. And Bob, you were there with me on the one, rep, like his first two reps where he just ate the guy up. I mean, really just used his wingspan. The kid couldn't do anything with him. And once he starts to put on strength and guys can't, you know, because in those camp settings, you, bull rushing is kind of not allowed, so you can't really do it, and, or at least you're not supposed to. Yeah, it's tangible, but people still kind of. Yeah, some guys still do, and that's going to give Stacy trouble because he's just so long and lean right now. But and when he gets big and can kind of build out his base, I, you're not going to beat him for quickness, and then at that point, I, I don't know what you do with him. I like I said, I think if you pay, if you told me, you know, there were five offensive tackles in the country that have just the true elite potential, he'd be one of my five. I, now he may, 
you got to. There's a long road to go to get there, but if you give him the time, I think he can be pretty special. When I come to Wilkins, I feel like this happens with some of those kids that don't play against elite kids on a week on a weekly basis. His confidence keeps growing with each event as he realizes he belongs on this stage. And he's a little timid at the Rivals Regional. Then you saw his personnel come out a little bit more at the Nike, and then. Last week, he was carrying himself around like a top guy. Like, he had finally clicked in his head that there's no skepticism here. He belongs at this event. He is one of those top guys. And when you get that mentally, then you start seeing physically with the way that he performed. I thought he had another solid day. Do you guys think just Jordan Clark is going to be hampered by his size overall as a corner? A little. I I had a chance to see him, you know, and I told Carrie. I don't know if you heard this. I, I saw Jordan at the Houston Dow, uh, Houston Nike camp, and not Nike, God, Houston Adidas camp. And I thought, I literally walked over the kid, knowing he had no connection to Oklahoma. And I was like, man, you had an incredible day. You really, you know, he really was impressive. But I never thought we would probably ever talk again. I followed him on Twitter after that, but it was just. You know, just one of those things, like, he impressed me, and, you know, I thought maybe he wasn't getting getting his due, because I think at that point he had, like, Indiana and, you know, UL Lafayette and some of that stuff. So, I mean, nothing that sticks out. And then I had heard literally the morning of check-in that he was a guy that OU was starting to pick up on, and so I needed to ask around a little bit. So we did the interview, and he was, A, for anybody that hasn't watched that video that Eddie put up on the board, um, it'll run on the front page here in the next day. But regardless, he is a incredibly likable kid. He's a guy you want in your locker room. Like I, I he's he he comes off as well as anybody we interviewed all week, and really probably anybody we've interviewed in the 2019 class. He he is eminently comfortable and just very relatable. So, but beyond all that, Kerry, you're right. I mean, he's guys. What would you say? Five nine. I mean, maybe five nine and a half. I mean, right. he's small. Right. There's no question. But he's got great feet. Obviously, great bloodlines, dad being longtime Steeler safety, Ryan Clark. Um, there's a lot to like there. My issue with it is, and I, and I put this in our Friday notes, kind of uh, that I put up the next morning after I got home. I don't know where he fits into the plans because everything I've been explained is that Oklahoma's looking at two corners. Well, they feel really good about Jaden Davis. And as if we've talked a lot about notes over the last, really, couple of weeks but this goes back a couple of months that scoop has been talking about OU was in a better place with Woody Washington than most people realized and I if that's I mean I don't know that you can choose Jordan Clark over either of those guys and so if you're only taking two where does he actually fit in right I mean that's you know and and to me to me he's a nickel guy Mm -hmm. I mean I don't know that you can put him out there as a corner on receivers all over the place i mean if you get a, if you get a, a six really two, good guy. like can you imagine him on uh like uh marcel aitman yeah Mar- that's exactly <laughs> what i was thinking of uh, marcel aitman would eat his lunch i mean do you know what that makes me think of like that visual you remember when um nebraska had the grixby kid that was like five eight yes. he was really good yeah but he was small and oh you just threw those jump balls to malcolm kelly over and over and over again yep and it just killed him he just ate him alive so yeah, I mean, I after I watched him, I thought his only chance at OU really is to be a, a nickel guy. And that's the question: is do they want five guys in the secondary? We think we know their corner. Obviously, got 
Jamal Morris. The spot's always open for Dax. Do they want a fifth guy? And does Jordan Clark check all the boxes to be the, that fifth yeah. guy? Um, you know, uh, hang on. Just to clarify, everything I understand is the only way that, as things currently stand, that OU would have five DBs was if Dax Hill was part of the class. They want two so safeties. No, no and if Woody Washington fits in there. Yeah, well, like, I think in an ideal world it would be Woody Washington, Jaden Davis, Jamal Morris. Okay. The other safety is a questionable thing. I, what's interesting is I don't know if, if Dax jumped on board, would then, they, would they then be done at safety? Or maybe that's the way they look at Jordan Clark. Maybe that's how they see him fitting in. But if we can get Dax and Jamal, then we can take this other corner that we really like. I, I'm take- not quite – I mean, that's the thing. Like, people have to understand, there's, these things are moving – targets it's never like there's so many times i can think through the years i've been told ou's not after that guy that that door's closed blah 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 and then three months later the dude signs with ou i mean it, it stuff changes because of things that are going on with current players things that are going on in recruiting other players i mean there's so many ways things can move you don't quite know but my impression is that if there's five players in this class dax hill will be one of them and that's pretty much the only way they're thinking of five DBs right now. And I think it changes even more now with Kerry Cooks because of the way he keeps those lines of communication open with so many guys. To where you know, I mean, a guy could suddenly come out of nowhere. Say Jaden Davis didn't have a great senior year and some other guy, you know, Jordan Clark really did. I, I Do I think Kerry Cooks would hesitate to try to make the move in that direction and, you know, try to make the numbers work? No, I don't think he would. I mean, OU is willing to be aggressive in that way and and frankly in a way they weren't in years past i was thinking about this the other day um because i saw this happen and i thought you know there's always these stupid it's like the espn thing uh with paul george this weekend with uh with scissor hands it's like uh paul george's barber says he knows something big is getting ready to happen and he's not his barber by the way uh he actually called us this morning he's like i'm not his barber that would be a that would be a breach of the confidentiality agreement between barber and client. But like, it's just, but you always see these dumb tweets and articles. It's like the, uh, we always stay out of that stuff. It's like Baker Mayfield, is he getting married? Uh, and then you have to have your post with all the insta, insta post and on all that shit on it. And, uh, but I was thinking like, do we, if we did that, What's all the stupid stuff we'd have to do? Like, because the other day I noticed, like, Woody Washington followed the scoop account. So then do we have to do, was Woody Washington doing following the Sooner scoop account? And what does this mean for OU recruiting? Oh, I wasn't supposed to write that story. I've been working really hard on that, putting that together. (laughs) I think we should do it and just take it to all new heights. Like, just get it to the point where we're following people to class. Or like reporting oh. if people don't go to a class. Oh, I mean, we'll have to we'll have to give Eddie copyright because we all know he's a Bush Hyden kind of guy. So we could we could do that. I mean, if we want to go full is Austin full throttle, Seibert gonna have to drop his communications class because it doesn't appear he's going this semester. No, nah, Austin goes to class <laughs> now. But you know who doesn't go to class, and then that's when we put in the. Fake news bulletin. Uh, Basically, you just Kyler gotta, Murray. You just got to get a job with ESPN, and then you can just throw shit on the wall. Does Kyler Murray need to go to a single class this year? I mean, he needs to go to summer school. I wouldn't if I was him. I no, no. 
I'd be shopping for houses like online in the San Francisco area. I mean, he's already throwing. With, Kyler uh, Murray was seen at the local Porsche dealership instead of going <laughs> to his history of the modern world class. Basically, if I had the money that Kyler Murray is about to have, oh, you'd be put on probation the next. Do you like two that I finally invented a voice that's not a redneck for the show? It's kind of a big voice. It's my, yeah, it's my uh, trailer voice. Yes, I think say we'd have to get a big voice guy to do like almost like the like redo our audio since it's like a year old Mm -hmm. now maybe should we do that (laughs) and since bob's on the podcast i think say we probably need to get bob included in there somewhere we could we would be having viking style parties every weekend if we had like a big voice guy like on retainer no if i had the money that kyle murray was gonna have oh i see what you're saying yeah that'd be kind of stupid to have parties just because you had a big voice guy on staff he's gonna need to supply his own condoms though we don't want girls Pop poking holes in them. That's stuff you have to think about when you're rich. You just have to put them in a safe. I don't know what he's like. He can afford a a fingerprint scanner safe. Maybe I'll ask him at Big Twelve Media Day. That'll be the first question out of the gate. No, you think he'll even be there? Do you think he'll even be there? Because OU hasn't. That's a good question. They haven't announced their guys yet. Do they bring both Austin Kendall? They bring none. They bring none. I, I, I would be with Bob. I think none, just so they don't have to put those guys through it. Remember, they didn't bring Blake and uh, Trevor Knight, and yet Gabe, Gabe Eichard was had that line that he rehearsed. But Trevor Knight was the representative, and then Baker Mayfield won the starting job. Who, who would be the guys the... that would be there? Like, if you had to pick, who would be OU's reps? Because like, there's not a lot of clear leadership. Right. That's something we've talked about a lot. Who who are going to be those those guys? Do they go for Rodney like a, Anderson, like a Neville Gallimore, Caleb Kelly, Parnell Motley. It'll be Rodney Anderson, Rodney, Bobby Evans. I was going to say, what I about was, Bobby? But he was one of the first that came to mind. I don't know if you'd want to. I think Caleb, Caleb Kelly. Kelly has yeah. to be one of those guys because he's a he's your best chance to be like a really high first round draft. He's so pick well, so well guy. spoken too. Yeah, that oh, yeah. That, he'll, he'll, that's going to help. He'll make you look good. The problem is you don't have like that Gabe Eichard that is a good quote. Yeah, yeah, Gabe Eichard, Eric Stryker, Baker Mayfield. You've had some good guys the last few few years. Yeah, I don't know that there's going to be a whole lot of really just natural conversations. And, I mean, Lincoln has said that, that leadership is his biggest concern about this team. So, I mean, I think Caleb Kelly can be a natural speaker. We all kind of know him pretty well now. Parnell Motley's good. I don't know if they I want like to give Parnell him that lot, type yeah. of forum. Yeah. If they did, it would signify that he's had a really good summer and that they really believe in him, which I th- they do believe in him. But I think that you also have to keep that open that it's a three-man competition between he and Trey Brown and Trey Norwood, and then the two best are going to play. I don't think they'd want to do anything to dampen, like, Trey Brown's. I get, Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Attitude. So the other one thing about transferring, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Big Twelve Meteor Days. Two weeks. Not, That's it. Two weeks. Not a waste of time like summer football camps, but very very close. <laughs> I actually agree with that. At least Oklahoma's going day one. We can get in, get out. Everybody's waiting to hear what Kansas Look, has to say. Let's face it. This is this is from a. Public, I'm just going to fly right past that, from a public 
interest standpoint, this team still has to develop before people are really falling in love with it. I mean, people love Kyler Murray, regardless of whether he's the starting quarterback officially or not. And you're probably right. That probably means that they won't bring him because it's going to, you know, they don't want to piss off Austin Kendall because they really want to make this seem like an open competition. But outside of that, yeah, I mean, nobody wants to hear from the defense right now until they're not giving up, not losing a game in the second half against Georgia, which they can't redo. And, I mean, it's like, oh, we're going to hear from Neville Gallimore. What's he done last year? Like, Make a statement and bring Buki. Boom. No, that won't happen. I mean, we couldn't even... Who was it we tried to... We tried to talk to people that just redshirted in the spring, and they wouldn't even let us talk to them. Charleston Rambo, Levi yeah. Draper, Kennedy Brook. Don't get me started. So Lincoln's been pretty hard line on the if you haven't played, you're not talking thing. Like, Bob would at least let you talk to people if they redshirted. Yes. Or even guys that have taken snaps. Like, young guys we've been denied access to. So I don't see Lincoln... Anybody that's halfway controversial, yeah, I don't see him bringing them. So sign up for Sooner Scoop for all the excitement coming from Dallas or Frisco. Seriously, you you guys have the pump primed on that. I one. know. It's like they're just. I want to hear my Lincoln, own little marketing genius. I want to hear here. Lincoln Raleigh about the red shirt freshman rule with the four games. That's let's one, call him. That's one that I I actually I want to hear his his thoughts. It's July second. I'll tell you what he's gonna say. <laughs> We're gonna just have to play it by year. We'll see how these guys are once they are ready in in August. Once camp starts, and I don't know. That's a good question, though. We'll see. He will say it's a good question because Riley does give us credit. That's a good question. You should say. Well, I wouldn't ask a dumb question. Obviously, it's a good question, Riley. Call him Riley. Hey, Riley. <laughs> What are you gonna do the about link. the? What are you gonna do link. about a link? Yeah, a lot of people like Baker called him Link. Hey, Link. Link. He, 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 I Tell was, us about your prolific offense. Okay, stop it. <laughs> you think nope, that, nope, nope. <laughs> do you think you, that you Florida take, Atlantic will present some challenges? You can take the nasty text from that one. Um, or about the open transfer. You'd have to figure out a way to download the podcast first to listen to it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we will be there in Frisco covering it all. We'll have better things to talk about by then, I promise. Or else everyone will get docked pay. <laughs> we'll have things to that you need to be subscribers to access. Uh, there's, it's going to be it's tough your, because you're going to have so much regional media with Kyler Murray being oh, from Allen. Oh, you know Allen. how this stuff goes. It's going yeah, to be terrible. Everybody's going to try and manufacture the te- is Texas back It will be bullshit. insufferable. We should actually Are we avoiding next week, Texas or Texas OU the, la- the same day? Uh, I think they're the next day. Texas is Tuesday. They've been doing Texas and OSU the day opposite of OU. Because that's the lately. only way they can get people to stick around. Yeah. But no, I'll be I'll have to stick around for day two. But I guarantee you it is going to be Tom Herman. He is about to turn it around. And well that's just an annual rite of passage. I mean, and there are gonna be twenty seven people from Dave Campbell's Texas football who doesn't who only does one magazine a year. Yeah. And it's already published. 
You like, threw are for they 73 doing it touchdowns five years ago. Talk about it, please. <laughs> there really will be. Like, there will be some Allen weekly daily newspaper that is there that is probably going to ask him, like, have you been to the stadium since they fixed the cement cracks? What do you think? <laughs> yeah. I think we should just flip the script on him and start interviewing them. <laughs> Why are you here? Tell us about Kyler's six touchdown performance in the state. Yeah, what, yeah exactly. Well, the are way you surprised I, that Kyler didn't get more snaps last year? Do you feel he was wrong because he didn't? Is Kyler Murray to blame for Allen not winning the state championship? If Kyler Murray year? would have played the no, second half against they? Georgia, would they have won that? And played exactly. That Kyler Murray had played over Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I think I'm going to start that. How, we'll hard were you, how hard were you rooting for Baker Mayfield to get hurt so your boy Kyler Murray could come into the game last year? I think he should have been suspended the rest of the season. <laughs> Obviously. Do you use that his one carry was a touchdown in the uh, in his lone start? It wasn't, though. Oh, no, it was right. I always forget that he was, what was it? What do you have, like the two or something? 67 something yards, close. yeah, and it got caught from behind. And then Rodney Anderson ran it in the very next Should play. Should OU be worried about his speed? Discuss. <laughs> There's somebody out there that will do that. Oh man, maybe maybe we should make it our goal to get kicked out of Big Twelve Media Days. If you want that to that happen, Carrie, ever if you want that to happen, that we happen. can make that happen. <laughs> that would make us more news than what the actual news that's going to be produced. If you want that to happen, I let don't me know. Want that. I'm joking on a podcast. It has to not be what. The OU side of you things. You can't run up to the, the dais and start giving your 9-11 joke series. No, it would be more something along the lines of hanging around for Tom Herman on Saturday and asking him about his drinking problem and taking a private plane to Vegas weekly when he was head coach at Houston. What does he think of his vodka, Tom? Yeah. Name? Is he, Are is you... he down for 60-1 to 1 on the Thunder to win? Yeah, or... Uh, has he considered changing the last name to Collins? <laughs> yeah, you ask him that after you ask him the accusatory <laughs> question about being an alcoholic and flying to Vegas. Maybe Josh should be there, too. Oh, my God. Could you uh, confirm or deny... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. So... Now that you've really derailed the podcast, <laughs> I wonder. I wonder who's going to attack Bob. Who Bowlesby has a this more or... horish wife? You, Tom. All right, enough. <laughs> enough. We're gonna get. We're gonna get kicked out before we even get there. Yeah, we we're gonna lose our credentials because of a damn podcast. And besides, I think you just brought up the name Eddie would like to go after far harder than Tom Herman. Bob Bowlesby, yeah. I kind of just feel sorry for him now. I'm past the, like the anger stage. I mean, oh, you're you're, the the, you're you're going through the steps. That's awesome. And Eddie. the conference is going to survive, so we're all good there. It looks good There's in comparison to, well, to, right, the pack, pa, to the Pac-12. Yeah, right yeah. now it looks like the pa, the Big Twelve is gonna is gonna be able to. It looks like a genius compared to Larry Scott. No, I mean the, it looks like they're gonna be able to uh, pinch off a couple of Pac-12 teams before this thing's all said and done. Like Arizona and Arizona State might just come begging at some point. Would you just try and go super conference and get six? I don't, are there six teams from the Pac-12 that the Big 12 would want? 
USC. I think Arizona, Arizona and Arizona, Arizona State. State. I think are good. They can they make and they make sense. UCLA, you have to take them. That's four. Yep. I don't know that you want Oregon, Stanford, Stanford. Yeah, just I mean, because of academics, absolutely. I think you'd take Oregon and Washington. I take Washington. That's seven though. Now we're up to seven. That's what I'm saying. You'd, you'd have to cut somebody. I'd cut Oregon before Washington. Is Oregon State the last school that you would want, even though they just won baseball? No, Utah. Utah, yeah? I don't want Utah. Utah might be up there. Utah's not bad. You get Salt Lake City. You get that demographic. God knows that demographic's only growing at a rapid, rapid rate. But they're all white, though. Well, no, I I just mean because they breed like crazy. Thank you for explaining the joke. Just wanted to, you know, I, you talk, <laughs> and they all hate black people. Oh like wow! Mitchell's Confirmed mother. Mormons hate. Black I'm not people. saying Mormons. I'm just saying the whole Utah thing about you know what Russ said. And oh yeah, that's right. Somebody and before uh, anyone somebody gets attacked about Donovan Mitchell's show. grandmother taking her or grandma his mom taking her trash out, saying don't dump your garbage in our our apartment. Like she couldn't be living where she was living. Really? Oh yeah. Jesus. He went online and like bash the guy that's wow that's incredible that's just i'm just glad that there's a place out there that makes oklahoma city look you know good when it comes to race relations in the nba it's all about us it's all about our selfishness i I, this has been a terrible we're just horrible people on this podcast today yeah the last the last 12 minutes are you either love us or hate us for these last 12 minutes. <laughs> it's called riffing. <laughs> hey, guys, I, I know we're probably not far from wrapping up. We should get into Marcus Major a little bit. We definitely should. Ah. Uh, that was uh, the talk of Atlanta. <laughs> it was nuts. It's crazy. I think we were on the bus on the way to Falcon Stadium, right, when all this was kind of working itself out. Well, it happened during media check-in day. Yeah, I was going to say, when, when our text message started going crazy, it was on the way to dinner that night. Okay. When we went to the, the sports bar place. Oh, that's well, right. Well, that, that's yeah. when Riley sent out the eyes. That's yep. right. That's what it was. Are we, doing, are we going chronologically of how it all... Could, I, could we start hearing Wednesday afternoon Sure. this was going down Saturday? Then we got to dinner and Lincoln, and it was, was going to be a, a Saturday kind of thing where it was all going to be in a place, and it was yes, going to happen. Correct. That's right. He did the eyes almost right as we were walking in the restaurant. That's right. Right. That was Wednesday night, and then I got in touch with Millwood coaches, and it sounded like that, like there were a lot of just miscommunication, and some maybe people had agendas for one thing, agendas for another, and it just sounded like in the end. You know, Marcus Major never wanted to do a video in the first place. No matter if people wanted him to do it, that was not what he was looking to do. Well, yeah, and then we heard we heard lots of different things. We heard that it was going to be at J.D. Reynolds' gym. We heard that, you know, and immediately we kind of thought, well, let's see what happens here. Because we never really press for announcements or, yeah, you know, to weird. be the place that people announce. And I, but That's pretty lame. But, you know, there was local TV, I think, that wanted to do a live commitment. 
announcement. Well, they they were going to run it at ten. Are they going to do it and then run it at yes. ten? Like it was here's a big announcement, right? Uh, and then there was of course uh, the you know the fan sites that wanted to do a commitment video, uh, and they were trying to finagle their way into making him wait and doing it like the next week. And, yes. Uh, and then in the end. Marcus just came out and said, guys, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want a ceremony. I don't want a TV special. I don't want a commitment video. I just want to put it out on Twitter, and then it'll be done. And that's exactly what he did. So it's, I mean, It's a bygone era Marcus brings back for all of us. I know. It's, <laughs> well, I it's a bygone era when you announce on your own Twitter. A bygone era would be like you let... Uh, someone announce it for you. But someone calls you and says, "Hey, are you committing?" And they say, "Yes." Yes. And no, then you no, write the you story. Know what they say. Without, How did you find out? You write the story without a bunch of trainers calling and being pissed off at you for ruining a kid's moment. Because that happens all the time now too. We're just attacking everything and everyone today. All right, Josh. Why don't you break down Marcus's game just a bit? Yeah, you know he's a. Uh... He's a guy that, you know, you watch on tape and you can see, I mean, the size, the speed, all of those things. But until I had a chance to watch him live, the two things that really surprised me at the Dallas Adidas camp were his ability as a receiver, which, as I came to find out afterward, he was a guy that had played mostly receiver at Millwood up until the previous year, his junior season. So it made sense that he was that adept at it. But the thing that really does surprise you is I think there's a tendency when you see Millwood to write off some of what you're seeing because, well, they're just, you know, they're, they're so much more talented than everybody they're facing, and they are. There's no question about it. But you watch Marcus out there with guys like Noah Kane and other elite backs around Texas, guys that are, you know, committed to Colorado and some of these other places, and you think, He's, he's as good as anybody here. I mean, I, I think Marcus Major has worlds of potential. When I saw him, I was kind of – the first time I watched his tape, he didn't have any offers. And I couldn't think of – I was like, I'm missing something here. Some, something doesn't make sense because this guy's at Millwood. Demarion Houston has at least 10 offers at that point. Why doesn't this guy have every one of the same offers? Because he looks outstanding. And I think it was just because, like I said, he played receiver. There wasn't that information on him. But once people started to notice him, I mean, he's he's the most college applicable player on a roster that probably has five, six legitimate Division One players down the line at one point or another. So Major is, like I said, he's a talented receiver, very big, very strong, uh, very uh, a guy that's very powerful in the lower body. But he's already almost two hundred pounds, and I think he could carry ten or fifteen more without a bit of problem. I mean, he, he still has a lot of room to fill out. So this is a guy that I realize is not going to be as exciting for some because he's a three-star and all that sort of thing. I think he'll probably end up a four-star, might even end up in the Rivals 250 before it's all said and done. So this is a guy that means more to Oklahoma than maybe is readily, or that is, off, than is I guess, uh, readily apparent, I guess would be the word I'm searching for and stumbling to. You give Memphis credit. They started it once again. They're doing such a great job with the state. And Major's another example, just like Jalen Redmond. Memphis gets in there first. At least it, get, it gets the ball rolling. And then you start seeing some of those major schools start to make their play. Memphis is kind of like the local gigolo, though, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they know their place. I mean, the, the, they, they go after pretty much anything and everything and just hope 
And it's not working, which is kind of unfortunate. Nick Robinson, Quindon Lewis, and I don't know how much longer they'll keep going to the state if it's not panning out. Yeah, I mean, but they've got to know. They've got to be. They've got to be hitting on some guys that OU and OSU just flat out. I mean, if if they don't want anything to do with them, maybe you got to kind of take a hint. Like, okay, like you got to maybe do a like the Nick Robinson thing. Everybody knew there were maybe some red flags there. Um, yeah. and I mean, and I knew because you guys, I mean, I'm not trying to be like, you know, say I know everything. I'm just saying it was, it, it, it was kind of a whisper around him the entire time. Well, and it's a worthy risk because if it pays off, you get a player that you had no business signing. I mean, if, cause if Nick Robinson didn't have red flags, he's a borderline OU guy, but with all the stuff around him, Memphis can sign a guy like that. Yeah, that's true. And so it's it's a worthy chance. And if you if if he you know what are you really worse for having you know having signed him? I mean, did you really lose something? Was that going to go to a player that possibly had NFL potential? Probably not. And Nick did. So you know, for him to now quit and he's playing JC basketball. I mean, Nick's Nick's as a former Putnam West alum, I would love to defend Nick's every decision, but it, he does some things that don't make much sense. I mean, look, they, if if you're talking about who should Memphis be hire, I mean, signing, it's guys like Cade Mashburn. I mean, it's guys that you know the big schools in state like, but they just don't quite have room for them, or uh, they they've got other guys that are just a little bit better. I mean, like Trace Ford's a pretty good example of that. I mean, uh, now, I mean, he'll be able to go to you know, OSU if he wants to go there. But, you know, I just think there's a lot of guys, and Cole Mashburn's another really good example. Like, they didn't really, you know, he'll pro- I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Tech is going to be where he ends up or, you know, how that works out. But those are the kind of guys that they have to win in Oklahoma. Well, look at the guy they've had forever that's had a really nice career, Jackson Dillon from Ringling. I mean, I mean, Tito Wyndham was playing kind of, for him last year, right? What's that? Tito Wyndham was playing for him last year, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, that's uh, and, and Dylan. I mean, Dylan's got a chance to be a late NFL type guy. I mean, he he's been a good long term player for them, and they just projected him out. And uh, he was a guy that OU kind of liked, but they just you know they knew it was going to be several years before he could help them, and they had guys that were more readily you know available and more ready to help. Now it's been you know you've been in the the dead period, um, and I, I I think you kind of really notice that Lincoln Riley, uh, he's kind of starting to build up the momentum again. Starting to mention the Champu Barbecue the other day for the first time, really kind of starting to. But you've got the opening going on. You had the five star. You got a lot of buzz out there about OU recruits right now. Uh, a lot of people publicly. So it's interesting to kind of see Riley try and capitalize on that right now. Uh, but really, this is going to be a month long march to build up this excitement for the closest thing they can come to, uh, to, to the spring game. Yeah. It, it feels like heading into it, maybe two commits before the barbecue. And then at the event, I think you gotta be shooting for three or four. You kind of set, set the bar last year with Jeffrey Carter, Jason McClellan and Jalen Redmond that now it's almost like you have to do that. You can't take a step, step back. That shows that you're, you're not, being as progressive and you're not dominating as much as people want to say, at least that'll be the per the uh, perception of everything. But I think July will be a very nice month. 
Really, I mean, is 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 Champion Barbecue probably the biggest? Uh, if you're going to talk about you know types of recruits, probably biggest for the defensive side of the ball, kind of try and build some momentum there. Finally, yeah. It, go go ahead, Josh. No, I mean it. It could be. Um, I I think there's at least one guy I'm I'm pretty aware of that I think you know, and we've kind of hinted at him at some of the notes, threads, and things like that on the board. It would obviously be a huge coup for Oklahoma. Uh, the news that Dax Hill is now probably going to be there, I mean, I don't think it's cemented. But, you know, we, we've kind of hinted back and forth that he's been telling OU for a while that he was going to come in in July. And if they can get him to actually commit to the barbecue where there's all the excitement, there's lots of other guys around, maybe you can really start finally getting some momentum in that situation where I think Oklahoma really, treading water is not the right word, but, you know, they're not really – distancing themselves from anybody they haven't really had that chance to sell him on much and that would be a big opportunity to do it and frankly at this point he's the biggest guy on the board I mean he is to me what they do in the secondary from here on out is really going to determine a lot of how you look at this class and really one of the biggest parts of this is surrounding non-committed guys with committed guys and really giving them a chance to kind of break down some of those walls and, and, and really recruit you recruit from within a little bit. Right. And that's something that they've done so well here the, the last couple of years. And that's the benefit of building such a big class so early in the cycle. Cause you just let those guys go to work for you and they totally will. And not only will it be player on player, it's going to be parent on parent, you yeah. know, I'm not at the 2018 classes in Corwin Walker was huge for this 2018 class. I, I mean, I don't know how much it paid off with every single guy, but the fact that him and Bray were at everything, especially with Daryl Simpson, I, I know they played a huge role there, but when you show up to every single thing, you're showing those other parents that this is a safe, comfortable place where you know your kid is going to be taken care of, and that is big for the parent just as much as that relationship player-to-player -player is when it comes to the kid's. And this will be the third one, right? Like they did one yes. with Bob. They did one with, when they like played softball, water ball, right. whatever, water balloon softball or whatever it was. The the big thing there, they offered Patrick Field and they put the uh, seeds in place to get Kenneth Murray. So I mean, I, you know, this will be the third one overall. The second one with Annie Hansen. So you have to imagine first, 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 the first, first. one, yeah, because okay. she wasn't hired until the first week of the but, season. Like you got to think that Drew Hill, you know, has been taking notes, knows what's work, what 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 works, what does doesn't work. Uh, you know, the facilities are now completely done, which they weren't during the first one. Uh, they were during the second, but not quite completely. I think maybe they were completely. No, they were still kind of finishing up. You know, a few things here and there. So, yeah, because when you guys took that tour, it was still a little bit under work. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this will be the first time they can completely show, uh, you know, everything that in in the new facility completely finished. So, I don't. I mean, I don't know what they'll do different, but I'm sure there's some things that are going to be streamlined and make it, you know, a little bit more impressive. Yeah, I think when you look at last year, they brought back the water balloon stuff, but then they did a pie-eating thing, and that was a little bit new. They had a lot of people being hit in the face with that, and, you know, I mean, they got to figure it out. Keep, you know, that's what Lincoln Riley always says, not about, you know, going with the trend, but setting the trend, and so we'll see what they do here in four weeks. And then, of course, real football. 
That's okay. when I'll be interested. <laughs> is it is it me or is this Eddie's quietest podcast ever? I'm pretty tired. I'm still really tired from this weekend. Um, I would say Eddie's had some of his best, most awful moments in this podcast. Oh, there was the one where Eddie was literally just like dead and he hardly spoke. Yeah, I can't Pretty remember tired. what that was about. How long? How how? Mean. What time did that end? Mm, we got out of there about one. Okay. Proceeded to go to another party, have like fifty lunch boxes at Edna's. Everybody it's never just a buzzing. bad time of night to have a drink at Edna's. That no, was pretty fun. Pretty. How? Pretty fun. Let me explain. Or let me let me kind of explain what this what happened on the day. This is the Russell Westbrook Paul George party. Uh, and so I hear from a buddy, and he sends me the invitation through text. And the son of a bitch blacked out the address. Um, so I knew there was some something going on at Lake Arcadia in Edmond. And then you start tweeting about the big party, and I like hit you back, and I said, oh, you mean the one in Edmond? Kind of like, ha-ha, I know too. And so... You said I'm gonna find a way to get to this party. Yeah, like you were determined. Like this was probably like, I'm, gonna go. I'm going to this party. Two o'clock in the afternoon, maybe. Yeah, because you had to have like a. Uh, it was super security. I mean, it was intense. Because like it's out at a, a, a an estate. Josh, what the hell are you doing? It was out at like an estate, and they have like a fence you have to walk up to. Like, where did you park? Did they, did they valet everything? I guess. I mean, I we had a driver. Oh, you Uber out you there. Went. Yeah. So you get out there, and what you have to like show something. Yeah, you had to like show an ID, and then they had to check you so off. So your name and, was on a list. Yeah. Wow. And then they gave you a wristband. Once you got the wristband, you were in though. And you could do whatever. They was, ran out of it, vodka. I mean, it was, so it was it was a drinks party. were free. It was oh, an open yeah. bar. I'm never drinking liquor again without crushed ice. Beer, wine, liquor, whatever you wanted. I wonder if they, they got like it. a liquor, like a, a vodka company to just give them the vodka. I mean, they ran out of it, so I don't know who paid for it, but I drank my fair share. It was incredible. And how long did Nas play? Couldn't tell you. Didn't see any of it. No, I was there. I mean, it just just went hard and went pretty lost hard. Track of time. Yeah, drank all day Saturday. It was good. Because you were already drinking Saturday when you contacted little me. Little pool party. Little darty. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Did you see anyone else famous there? I mean, I couldn't tell you. You wouldn't or you couldn't? No, I couldn't. I was there. I just you don't were remember. that blacked out. Got pretty, pretty drunk. Yesterday was a... But you do remember high-fiving Paul George. I do remember that. And Russ? I don't think so. Did you see Russ's Brody? Yeah, he was up there dancing on the stage. Trey? He was up there. See? Paparazzi picks. <laughs> that is Russ. Did you put those anywhere? Or did you keep them for yourself? Just keeping them for myself. Well, J.O. material. We thought maybe they would confiscate <laughs> cell phones. Yeah, the, somebody put it out there that there was like a non-disclosure agreement. Yeah. That couldn't have been further from the truth. 
Like they didn't care. And the party had its own hashtag. I think people just felt like it made it more important if the if you had to sign an NDA, like they were that much more exclusive to be invited to the party. It was yeah, it was fun. It it's fun to say that I was there, for sure. Josh, any uh any inquisition from from you? No, no, I, I, you know, I'm proud that Eddie was, you know, a part of the recruiting process of Paul George, that he reeled him in for Oklahoma City. Well done, Eddie. Uh, I think he was You're already welcome. decided. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure Paul signed it that night at the party. Eddie, After Eddie he got saw him. Blackout, Ed. Yep, exactly. Once he had the high five, it was done. Paul woke up and he's like, what the hell did I do? And his agent had to tell him, you, you faxed it in, brother. Well, you've uh, proved your street cred once again, Eddie. You are part of the social elite in Thank the you. Oklahoma City. Thank you. Thank you. There's nothing that you can't do or get well, into. There, there's one thing that I don't think I'll be able to do. That would be tenfold of going to Russ's party. Oh, God. What? I don't think I'm going to get invited to Baker's wedding. Oh, yeah. You've already put that out there. He asked when well, the it's gonna be party at, was. Where is she from, Nebraska? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. So it's going to be in Nebraska. Did you see the hottest take of the day? Yes. The guy that, is. The guy that uh, should the Browns be concerned with their rookie quarterback I getting engaged? I did see that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say this lightly. That guy needs to play in traffic. Glad I didn't have to beat I that. I think everybody knows what that means. I thought it was one of the Best thing that best things that has ever happened that they screwed up that headline saying Baker Mayfield yeah, pretty engaged. Funny. How did the that even? How did that get? Because when Brooke tweeted about it and put she video was, from in the Instagram video embedded into her tweet, mm. so that if you're not paying attention and you're so rushed to I've got to get out there, you would have thought it was her. That's what you get for clickbait, trying to get your story out there and not knowing who it was. Yeah. That that's that was a huge mistake. About somebody, as big as it gets. I hope somebody got fired, and then had to go home and tell their wife that why they got fired. No, and then you don't. That person left them, and now they're lonely and took and the sad. kids. Yeah, and they never see their father again. <laughs> and she remarries. Yeah, this is one of your off, most awful days ever. Possibly to somebody else who's a better journalist. Yeah, and then they send them. Cards every Father's Day, saying, "How are you liking your new family?" Oops, how's it That's feel? Mine be, now. How's it feel like to have a, the same relationship as Katie has with his father? <laughs> oh my lord! <sighs> okay, That's a. I don't know that we could find another way to end this podcast any better than that. But congratulations. It's been a Father's Day. Congratulations, Baker and Brooke, on your engagement. Mm-hmm. You're here. Emily, you get to marry Teddy. Congratulations, Teddy. All right, that's going to do it uh, for this edition of the Unofficial 40. We'll be back uh, next week. It'll probably be an even crazier show. And you might have some fireworks in the meantime. Do we want to quickly... Uh, is there anything that, that we didn't talk about last week that we needed to hit on recruiting trail-wise? Like Chris Steele or anything like that? Have we adequately covered that? No, we never talked about it. Don't need to talk about it. I, I, I don't anticipate Chris Steele's decision going great for Oklahoma. 
the fireworks was my hint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. There might be something in that. All right, I'll just leave it at that for you recruiting junkies to decipher. All right, that's going to do it for this edition. We'll see you guys again next week. Sorry we missed you last week, but hopefully getting one out early this week makes up for that. So uh, thanks to uh, Josh McQuistian, Eddie Radosevich, Bob Prisbillo. Maybe someday we will get Bob in the new intro. We need to talk to the big voice guy about that. So thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time right back here on the Unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com. Podcasts from Soonerscoop.com.